Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited to be here. Isn't that what it just said? Yeah, but I want to say it again because <laughs> we are excited that you're here and uh, welcome to part 3B of our series on Before You Go to Counseling. Paul was like, this is part four. I said, no, it's part 3B. She goes, that's going to be confusing. I'm like, yeah, it is. But we went, you know, hey. yeah, sorry. Uh, we didn't finish last week, but we got off on some rabbit trails and we gave a shout out to a young girl. Again, I, we don't have guests on. We never, people always ask, why don't you have guests? And I, you know why we don't have guests? Because we know what the Christian marketing complex has says, have people on who are more well-known and famous and stuff. And then you can boost your podcast numbers. And I hate that. I loathe that. Like, that's why I want to have somebody on to get more likes and that. Uh, I hate that stuff. But if we're going to have anyone on, we're going to have that nine-year-old girl who's our hero who listens to our podcast that came up to church and said something, if you know what we're talking about about listen to last week's podcast, which you need to listen to last week's podcast to understand fully what we're talking about this week. Because this is B. Part B, (laughs) three B, yes. There will not be a C. (laughs) There will be an A and a B. Yeah, so if you're just jumping in, you're going to be a little confused. But what we're talking about before you go to counseling is um, we want to talk about spiritual warfare is a key to being set free in Christ. And so why do most people go to therapists and counseling? To, because there's something in their life that's making them depressed, that's making them um, not feel the way they should. And mm-hmm. that, and if they don't understand spiritual warfare, they may get some temporary help, but it's mm-hmm. not going to root out the problem that's causing that. And then we call this strongholds. Yeah. Well, the Bible calls them strongholds from 2 Corinthians 3. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And then we took that Ephesians 10. I mean, wow, what's wrong with me? Ephesians 6 (laughs) and these spiritual warfare passages. Mm. And these are photographs. We call them photographs in our minds, strongholds in our minds that are holding us back from the freedom that Christ bought for us at the cross. And so the first week we were talking about identifying strongholds or photographic thinking, we call it. And mm-hmm. and then the second week. The we, idea of there's a photograph that exists in your mind yeah. through something that happened yeah. and now it's there. Yeah. It, and I'm assuming, it has defined you. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm running through this, but I'm, if you, yeah, if you didn't listen to those first three, first three podcasts, you're going to be confused right now. Mm. So I'm not even going to spend much time reviewing because no. we're going to tell you. Go back and listen to those so you're not lost. But just for you who have been listening, uh, just to remind you of those uh, we talked about, and then identifying these photo, the photographic thinking by looking at the words you use and the things you do. Yeah. And asking people to speak into your life into that. Do you see this in me? Yeah. Because usually that's what helps us do that. Yeah. So part three A, three A, (laughs) not three B, was understanding prophetic moments. And that's listening to the Holy Spirit who reveals the promises of God to us, showing that yeah. our problems are only temporary. It's like when God intersects with us. Yeah. He, he comes down into our world, not like the incarnation, no. not that part, Emmanuel, God yeah. with us, but he actually breaks in, right? He interrupts yeah. us yeah. to so show us So you, you want to learn some theological phrases right now? Let's, let's go on a rabbit trail with nerdiness. I love it. <laughs> this is transcendence and eminence. Transcendence and eminence? Yes. Okay. God is transcendent. In fact, he's outside space and time. He's above all. So that's God is transcendent. But you could take it to the deists and other religions that say God is out there and he doesn't interact Mm. in here. Mm. So God is also imminent. And what imminent means is that God is also here. He acts within his creation. Mm. 
But some religions like Hinduism and stuff say that there is, God is only imminent and he's not transcendent. You know, that God is in the trees, God is in, you know, everything and that because God is the world and the world is God. That's Hinduism and some of the ancient philosophies like that. No, God is both transcendent and eminence. That's why the God of the Bible is the true God. And so there, yeah. well, a little Ooh, theological lesson I right there off the top of my head. I love it, but that I get to talk theology, so, so I'm fulfilled in this podcast. <laughs> Everything else is just a little cherry and on top. we're only like four minutes yeah. in, so there, <laughs> there we, we go. go. It's great. Yes. Yeah, so God, and we talked about, last week was all about, does God still speak? Yes. And the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we talked about the different ways, but, and if you're born again, just take a moment right now and think about it. The God of the universe who took literally dust from the ground formed it into a human, and breathed in life, he put his Holy Spirit into you when you became born again. And that is something. And that's amazing. That's why you're now a child of God. And because you have the Holy Spirit in you, he still speaks to you. And we talked about the different ways through his word, through people, through voices, impressions, dreams, and visions, all those things. So, And just recapping, mm-hmm. our litmus test is what? The word, word of God, yes. the written scriptures. Yeah. So there, I said I would do the review. Did I do okay? You did great. You're happy with me? I'm That's happy. good. My wife's happy. I'm happy on this podcast because <laughs> nothing's more than a stink-eyed wife looking at you when you said something wrong <laughs> on a podcast. more what? Than Worse. A... <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> did I not finish that sentence? Yeah, I was so scared they even got it wrong. So there you go. I am not that scared of my funny. wife. Just a little nervous <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Yeah, But I'm a man. I, I'm a man. Don't do that. I guess I, what are you, a wimp? Are you afraid of your wife? Mm, well, okay. Never seen Paula mad, but what? never. Wow, <laughs> yeah. they have lying. it. I have. Oh, no. yeah, oh, yeah I have. That's why. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm worried about the stink eye. Yeah, so. there you go. Wow. <laughs> How is your okay. guys' marriage? How are you? You're listening out there and stuff like. Can you joke about these kind of things? Yeah. Hopefully, you can. Yeah. That's what yes, 41 exactly. years of following Jesus. Not quite yet. 41. Yeah, 40. Was yeah, it? Is that right? yeah, yeah. Two 41 months. in two months. So. Yeah, but hey, Anyways. we'll we'll celebrate early. I just All right. Um, I feel like I'm pulling like you back. I, okay, I'm, go, I'm go, pulling okay, you go back. back. Okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Wound up. All right. Well, we talked about some of the ways that God breaks out of the box, mm-hmm. right? Your people, uh, pastors speaking, still small voice, the impressions that we get sometimes that the Holy Spirit just speaks into those places of leading us to think about something we wouldn't otherwise. Dreams and visions, we've talked about that. Don't discount those, by the way, even though that they're not you know, necessarily part of our culture, God uses that. And then circumstances. So what are some defining examples, some specific examples? Okay. I know I kind of recapped what you already yeah, that's said. Fine. So what I want to let the listeners think about that we do you give space for the holy spirit to speak to you Mm. have you crowded out the voice of god i mean if god wants to use you he can break through grab you Mm. like he grabbed jonah when you know and he grabbed uh, moses in a burning bush i mean he can do these things but a lot of times what we have found is that you have to create some space to allow yes. God to inter- to to hear God, yeah, and He's going to interrupt your life when He wants to. But are you yeah. listening? Yeah, because He's probably spoken to you and you haven't listened. Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about. One of so. our previous co- podcasts talked about the ruthless elimination of hurry. Yeah, which is just the idea of silence and solitude yeah. and and stopping long enough to hear from God. We got a lot of feedback on our our podcast series on the spiritual disciplines. Yes. And that is part of the spiritual disciplines that you have silence and solitude in your life. Yeah. And uh, in fact, 
what did I just say? We went out some friends last night and I got my mojo back. <laughs> and you were like, in one day? I said, yeah, because <laughs> I took one day in silence and solitude pretty yeah, much. Yeah. And uh, Doug and I are firm believers in the Sabbath. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Just spend it all day just studying and reading yeah, and listening. Spending and time with God. Yeah. And relaxing. How much yeah. better I spiritually felt. Yeah. Just, you know, if you're, and if you're spiritually right, the rest of it will come along. Yes, it will. Yeah, that's yeah, it. So, absolutely. Even though my body felt a little sore. But anyways, that's just called getting older. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this could be an interesting podcast. So let's give us some examples, Doug. Uh, remember that steak I said earlier? You just gave it to me. So there you go. Okay. Go on, Paula. Of being interrupted by God. <laughs> go ahead. You take it over. <laughs> well, one for me is uh, we've shared before that we were walking through a hard time with our previous church and what had happened with that, which we're not going to go into. But we were talking with a pastor. Um, uh, totally outside of the situation, randomly, and he used these words, and he had no idea about our circumstance or what we were walking through. And he said, just because something is hard doesn't mean it's bad. And that was a way that God interrupted me, because I realized, yeah, the situation was, it was really hard. And I would have said it was bad, but it really wasn't in the sense of there was refining going on in us. There were things that God wanted to do through the circumstance. And so that would be an example of how God uses other people. You know, we get caught up in this weird thing about the prophetic word or whatever, and we talked about that on the last podcast. But to me, that really was very truly a prophetic word. Yeah. It, yep. it was impressed upon by God to this person to say this. What stronghold or what? Photograph did that deal with? Well, because I was dealing with the fact of some grief and and difficulty in it, and I didn't want to go through it. It was hard. Yeah. And and it broke that apart, and also some of the things that went with it, which was forgiveness and some stuff with that. But I had this photograph that... I would say a photograph you didn't mention that could have been applied there, and this is a big one that people need to hear too. You could have got into the victimhood mentality. I just was going to say that. And help Because that. it really was yeah. church hurt. It was. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it, by definition, yeah. whatever that is. But it was. It, it, it protected my heart mm-hmm. and saying, you know what? God's still in control of this and he's yeah. sovereign. Yeah. So, so, yes, thank you for the question. You know what's another one that goes right along with that? Do you remember? We met with a guy who's like a prophet. He's a modern day prophet, prophetic giftings. And he said to you something, we met with him, and he didn't really know everything, but he said, um, you're going to climb a mountain that you did not build. Oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, we mentioned that in another podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. yeah. Before just, the bad thing happened, and yeah. I was like, what's he talking about? God yeah. has asked you to climb a mountain. Yeah. yeah. You did not build. So. Yeah. So, I mean, in that, God speaks. And you don't, I don't, yes. I do not remember another thing he said during that time. No, not. I don't even know that. I can't completely remember who he was. He was at Josh's church. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I do. So now, I yeah. So yeah. I just mouthed to her the word. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, right. you I know. That. Yeah, okay. I don't think he wants his name on a podcast. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, but what's funny about that is when, let me just springboard for a second. When someone speaks something to you, our son taught us this, Joshua taught us this, write it down. I actually mm-hmm. wrote that down because I didn't have a clue what that guy was talking about. He was serious, and he was a man who was um, looked upon in good favor in his church. Yes, you know, he was a, a godly man. Yes. He wasn't just some bizarre person or yeah. whatever. But I remember I wrote it down, and that was the interesting thing is quite a few years later, I found it and was like, oh, 
That's what that meant. We said we weren't going to go on rabbit trails because of time. <laughs> we don't want to make this part C. <laughs> yes. But actually, I just heard this because Henry Blackaby, we talked about him last week and talked about experiencing God and how to listen to the voice of God. He's huge on anytime you go into your prayer closet, you should have a journal. Because mm. he said, if the God of the universe says something to you, you don't think you should write it down? Mm. Wow, that convicted That's me. Great. I have one and I have that pen, but it's like, am I really writing things down? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's- I love written. that because people think of journaling like it's all about feelings and yeah. stuff, and it isn't. No, sometimes mine's <laughs> blank when I come out of my prayer closet, but when he speaks, I have to write it down. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You, uh, I like, I use this example. How many times have you listened to a song and you've heard it before, but all of a sudden when you're listening to it and just something speaks into you and you just start getting emotional mm. and that- those are the times you should stop and think, okay, what's the Lord speaking to me? Why am, why is it my reacting this way? What, mm. that's what we call these prophetic moments that the Holy Spirit's trying to reveal something to you that maybe he wants to tear down some stronghold or, you know, you hear a song about love or, um, you know, I like just a, a easy example off the top of my head. You're listening to that song. I am who you say I am. That's a famous song. You're a child mm-hmm. of God, or, uh, I'm no longer a slave to fear. You hear that and all of a sudden one time you just realize wow, why is this emotional? Well, maybe because there's a stronghold of fear in your life, or maybe there's a stronghold of rejection in your life. And that song is literally God using that to speak into you and say, you're, you're my child. Mm-hmm. Don't think you're an orphan. You're my child. Or yeah. God saying, don't be afraid. I've yeah. got your back. You know, I love Joshua one nine, you know, haven't I command you to um, be strong and courageous. Um, the Lord, your God will be, uh, do not be afraid or dismayed for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever mm. you go. Yeah. I, those, those verses just, but it might be a song that says it, not that verse that's telling you these things and you need yeah. to listen and take them into your prayer closet. Yeah. I, you taught me this years ago and I love it is that if you're dis, uh, discouraged or depressed, those type of things worship yeah because you can't be when you worship yeah. because it gets the focus off you and on god yeah that's just for your listening pleasure yeah. right there but i love that i spoke five times last weekend and i came back we got back late monday night i had to suffer for the last 15 minutes watching the browns lose again <laughs> in cleveland yeah, if you're from cleveland you know understand <laughs> we just shake our heads every week had to get up early four four, four mornings in a row uh to do discipleship meetings. I had literally, I was burned out. I was not burned out. Not to listen to me. I was burned <laughs> out. I had it so hard. You know? No, but I felt my spiritual tank draining. Yeah. I had to go in and worship and listen in front of the Lord. I really, so what you're doing, said, just said is really what I had to did do. Did I speak a prophetic word over you right there? No, I already did it. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> no, no, it's not a prophetic word if it's already happened. Oh. Like, I'll tell you, am I a prophet? Because I could tell you who won the Super Bowl in 2022. You know, I don't think though. So anyways, <laughs> that there's funny. But, yeah. You know, I love to tell a story. I've told it so many times, but when we were watching one of the classic examples of what we're talking about for me in my life. We were watching the Wonder Years in the 1980s, late 1980s, early 2000, early 1990s. I can't remember the exact date, but remember, we were laying in bed in our house in Dallas. We were in seminary, and, and we're watching this. If you ever watched the Wonder Years about the young boy, Kevin, and he got in a fight with his dad, and then they reconciled in the end, and we're just sitting there, and I just lost it. Literally, you've heard me probably tell you this before. I'm like, remember you just looked at me like, what are you doing? Because yeah. I don't cry. No. I hardly ever cry. And I'm like snotting all over myself. <laughs> just one of those just horrible moments of just 
feeling that my dad never gave me that hug and just told me he loved me and all that. And just, and I realized at that moment, I had a, I had a, um, a counter with the Lord that I had a stronghold that I needed to deal with. And I don't remember when in the relationship, and I wrote these down. These are in my little um, illustration file, actually, is where I have them at. And you you probably don't even know this part because I don't talk that much just about it. But I was in the shower not too long, and I literally got mad at my dad, and I started yelling, how could you do that? How could you abandon? You know, who who abandons their kids? You know, that kind of thing. And I just got, mm-hmm. and then just the Lord just speaking in the mark going, can't do anything about that. What are you going to be? What are you going to do? And I realized then I was using that as a victimhood mentality. I was mm-hmm. using that as an excuse not to become the man of God that I am been called to be. Mm-hmm. And it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parenting and our, my relationship, who I saw myself as. So that's that's my I was example. just going to say that it was your identity. Yeah. yeah. It, really and it was became, a photograph. You I were had no longer up. an orphan. Yeah. You were a son of the yeah. Most High God. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And it exposed the photograph that was in my mind, a stronghold that yeah. I was living under instead of living in the freedom that, Christ bought for me. Yeah. 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 I had, I had a a recent experience where I read, I'm, I'm a reader. You've heard me say that I read a lot at night. I don't read anything that's super, super deep because it keeps my brain working. And so I try to read encouraging something, but you know, whatever that is. So I was reading and it wasn't a, it, it was a, it was a, an affirming book. I, that's not a way to say that. It was an encouraging, <laughs> okay. encouraging book, yes, yes. but it wasn't really a Christian book type of thing. And I had not been sleeping well because I was concerned about something spiritually with someone else. And I was waking up in the middle of the night. And as I was reading this and just getting ready for sleep, I read this line and I had to stop and I actually had to write it down because it, it just really hit me. It said, the author said, sleep in peace. God is awake. Hmm. And to me, that was a prophetic word. It, It was totally unexpected. I didn't, and it was just as the Lord, the Holy Spirit, like spoke right into the depths of me and said, Paula, sleep. God's handling it. So this would be an example of not a stronghold that was in your life for years, but this was a, a photograph that Satan was trying to plan in your mind, right? Yes. To trying to keep you from being free in Christ. You were going to yes. live under worry. You're going to live worry. under that stress. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it pertains to our kids. I had yeah. that com- conversation with somebody recently. You know, you're. we say this saying, you're only as happy as your least happy child so when something's going on, now it's our grandkids too. So that's the stronghold would be for me is that I'm trying to handle it. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I can, I can power through this yeah. and it, the stronghold was, no, it's, it's not about you. Yeah. So I'm going to give a modern example for what I just went not that long ago for me, because this is something that isn't just like a one-off. We mm. live by this and think about this. Mm-hmm. So couple months ago, somebody sent me a sermon from, uh, let's just say a very free use of the Bible preacher. <laughs> you know, these guys who just love to preach narrative and make the Bible say what it wants to. And I, I kind of had a little chip on my shoulder and I'm listening to it and it was entertaining. Cause these guys are great entertainers. They're great communicators, but was it really teaching me the Bible? Was it making God great? No, it's telling me how I can get my life better. And I, I had a little chip on my, you could just see it. <laughs> but I'm listening because my friend, I respect my friend who sent it, sent it to me. And in the middle of it, he says this phrase. He just goes, when honor is gone, humility is gone. I literally felt like a th- thunderbolt just went through my mind. Hmm. I stopped. I played it again. I wrote it down. I'm looking at those words. I'm thinking about because 
I mean, it, it like literally somebody screamed it out at me that mm. those words were for me. I knew right thing because we've done this for long enough. So for some of you, like, this is like, wow, this is kind of weird. No, you, you have mm. to be, you have, when you start practicing this and hear what we're saying, you become attuned to hearing the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so I started just stop, just what do I want to say? Meditate on thinking about this. Mm, pondering. Uh, yeah. yeah. And what I realized was I was getting a little chip on my shoulder about some people who I needed to honor. Mm. I knew better than them. I didn't, you know, I, I'll tell them, you know, I'm the mm. prophet. I, no, 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 no. I always talk about humility, right? Humble. Our symbol of serving beyond borders is the donkey. You know, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's our, that's our verse for our ministry. It's about being humility. And here I wasn't going to show honor to somebody because I didn't like what they did or I thought I was smarter or I thought I was better. Man, I realized there was a photograph forming and it could have hurt our ministry. It could have hurt my ministry by getting in a fight with a brother that I didn't need to fight with. And that was really powerful. Sorry, I'm going, I'm going like almost emotional on this stuff. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for training me and to see these things and putting a prophetic moment in my life so I could see how Satan was trying to get me to be negative and not honor people that I need to honor. So anyways, I thought that was a good story. Obviously, you didn't say anything afterwards, so. I know listeners are out there saying, amen. That's a good story, Doug, but thank you. But my wife just ignored it. So, okay. Any more stories? Let's move oh on. Let's move on. And so, that is great. Yeah. But anyways. It was a great story, Doug. Thank you. It was thank great. You. So, yes. But anyways, that's our whole point. Be, start practicing this. Start mm. when the Holy Spirit shows you something and it kind of grabs you for a moment. Don't blow over that moment. Don't just skip over that. You're in church. I mean, our whole ministry, Serving Beyond Borders, started because I was in a worship service and I felt the Lord say to me, you don't trust me. Mm. And instead of just, oh, whatever, and just going back to worship, I had it out with the Lord right there. What do you mean? <laughs> and I started talking to the Lord and he started speaking back to me and boom, here we got Serving Beyond Borders. That's a long story. But I'm telling you, your life will change yes. when you start letting um, God speak into the areas where mm -hmm. Satan's trying to hold you back from. Yes. That's what we're yeah. talking about. And so. he doesn't always speak in the way a person tells you he does, yep. but he still speaks. Yeah. So we're giving you some, but it, however it happens, just be in tune to it. Yeah. So what do we yeah. need to do, Paul? We said about posi positioning ourselves. What? Yeah. What How do we get ready for these moments? How yes. do we yes. listen a yeah. little bit better? I, we have to, have to, have to, have to begin with the first one, which is, repentance. Yeah. So we're going to give you four things to do right now. These are your four things to help position yourself to understand prophetic moments. Yeah. The first one you just said is so good. Yes. Repentance. You have to admit the photograph is there and that you're looking at life through it. Yeah. And you have to turn from that. Yeah. You have to, you have to take that moment and say, there it is. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard you preach this and you just did this past weekend where I don't see people weeping. Yeah. I just taught this at the conference and there yeah. were people who were literally realizing they had photographs in their life and it yeah. was, there was life changing. Literally people were coming up and that because what I said, it's because what God said and God yeah. was using that yes. to speak into them and ha they were having prophetic moments and yeah. we created space so that they could repent. Yes. And when I said that, that's why I probably got emotional in that story. I repented. I realized I was not honoring people like I should have honored. And I had to repent. In your heart. Yeah, in my heart. Yeah, I didn't was, do anything outward. Nobody, no. in fact, if I would have went to the person, so I'm not honoring. That's probably what I should have qualified for you yeah. is the sense of you're talking about in your heart. Yeah, but my heart. But even yeah. if I did it outwards, I yeah. still, no matter what, you have to repent. This yes. is, I'm not, I'm not acting in the way I should. Yeah. Like that. I'm whining about 
being feeling like an orphan when God, that was because I was living life under that photograph. Yes. And I had yeah. to admit, no, that's not how I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And so repentance means it, simply to turn. It is. To and change. revival in our hearts always begins with repentance. Yeah. It always Amen. does. We that can't so we can't have a, a revival, a, a new heart type of thing without the repentance in the same way that we can't come to Christ without repenting of our sins. Yeah. If you'd like if you have that mentality, well I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Well I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Well, be careful saying that. Maybe you're not. Yeah. Maybe you have to humble yourself and admit, no, I've, I've got this photograph. And when that moment comes, when you have that moment where the prophetic moment comes and you don't seize upon it and repent mm. and you're like, well, okay, yeah, God's right. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Mm. You missed it. You yeah. missed exactly what God wanted to do in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after repentance then is the next step would be to pray through it. Yeah. Like just not once. Like pray through it until you have the assurance, until you have the victory. Yeah. Right? Yes. So when I talked about the wonder years, I can't, I, I wish I would have wrote down the dates in my journal and I didn't. The, between when I had that moment and then when I had my encounter and got the peace after that shower. Because mm. after the shower, when the Lord spoke to me, it was like a step. I, I mm. you know, I saw the repentance. Part. So it wasn't immediate. No, that's mm. what, and you have to pray it through. You have mm. to walk through. Okay, God, what do you want to do? What are you saying? Where, right. how should I take a step? And yeah. Yeah. And it's not always just immediate, but are you willing yeah. to pray through? Yes. And that's a, that's an old term. And like when you talk about abiding, that's an old mm. word, remaining or yes. abiding in the vine, abiding in the Lord. Mm. You have to persevere. So many people, oh, will you pray for me? This is the biggest thing in my life. And then you talk to them the next day and they're like, oh, what, what were you praying for me for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is so funny because that's happened quite frequently with me. People will say that and then I'll write them and say, I prayed for you. And they're like, for what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I cared more about this than you did. And we talk about this instant culture and you know, we don't live in an agricultural setting most people where they can go out on the farms and spend the day while they're farming, thinking about what mm. they're praying about. We get, you know, I'm looking at the computer, I'm looking at the phone, I'm looking at Instagram, I'm looking yeah. at TikTok, and I don't take the time to ponder and pray through yes. what I what God yeah. is speaking to me. I had this written down on some of the thoughts that I have on praying through. I say, how long have I worked through or pondered through instead of prayed through? Yeah. In other words, I worried about it because I pondered mm-hmm. about it, right? Yeah. I tried to work it out by my own means. Oh, I can handle this. I don't need to ask God to do it instead of praying through yeah, it. Yeah, that's a great phrase. I um, Last week, a couple of weeks ago, um, our pastor was talking about uh, the whole idea, uh, this kind of idea of, of praying through something or staying with someone. And his point, it was that how long have you prayed for a family member? And, you know, I, I would just, something came to my mind. If I've been praying 15 years for breakthrough yeah. in a specific in, instance, and it was that point, and I thought, and that can feel a little discouraging at times. Mm-hmm. It can, wow. And then I thought, no, I'm going to pray 15 more years. Yeah. And 15 more years after that, probably won't be alive. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought about that. Yeah. That's you know, good. and and I love, this is one of my favorite verses out of Nehemiah, Nehemiah 1.6. Nehemiah it wants to rebuild the wall. And so he's, he's praying to God. And this is what he says to God. He says, let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you now day and night. He yeah. prayed through. Yeah. And, day and night. Day yeah. and night. Yeah. That's I good. love that. So uh, you, you pointed this out to me, like Jesus didn't just pray one time 
for the cup to pass before him mm-hmm. in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, we could say, well, it was only one night he was praying through, but he three times he was yeah. going through. He was continual. Paul, three times he says the thorn in the flesh, you know. How many yes, times you just pray for one thing? But yeah. yeah. There so, was some perseverance yeah. in prayer. And I love the old school was you pray through until you got assurance. That's how we termed it. You yeah. got this piece that's like God has heard me and I've heard from him mm-hmm. and it's gonna be okay. Yeah. The photograph is gone, I can walk through. Yep. So, I love that. so we repent, we pray through, then what's next? We praise through. Praise through, yeah. 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 And we had already, I already kind of mentioned it preeminently, is that the idea of you, have, you praise, you yeah. praise, you thank yeah. God before it. Yeah, I, and I find when I start to go down a dark path or I find depression or something trying to come after me, I haven't been praising. I haven't mm. been worshiping. Yeah. yeah, we just had revival weeks for a week at our church and what people loved about it, the worship. It, it was like literally the shot in the arm. And that's why we have people where we live. They all go over to Orlando. Orlando's like, if you don't know about Orlando, Florida, it's like the Christian Mecca of <laughs> conferences. And everybody goes there instead is, of walking yeah. around the cabal, they, uh, they go and get hyped up on these conferences. But I'm not so against that. You can't live in that, yeah. but it's not so bad to get shot in the arms, but, yeah. but, but do it on your own. Mm. Put on worship yeah. and praise and worship and do it until you have peace. Yeah. And and that. And People used to go to live things because they didn't have things that were recorded or, yeah. you know, that they could get on Google, YouTube, yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah, there yeah. you really don't have an excuse for being able to praise. Yeah. You have yeah. that at your fingertips. Yeah. And then the last thing is simply. Wait for the Lord. Yeah, wait for. So we have repentance, yeah. pray through praise through and wait for and what wait for what wait for the lord yeah the, it's ultimately the lord who has to do it yes and this is what's so hard for us and this is what yes. we've got to be careful so so much teaching and preaching out there is like you can do it even with salvation you kind of get this idea of like you say the prayer you go forward you raise your hand you repeat after me you know you can do all those things but if it's not the lord who's calling you and doing it you're not going to get saved Yes. And my famous thing, I was saved three times before I became born again. (laughs) I tried to save myself by doing these. I felt bad about myself. I felt bad. So I'm going to go forward. I'm going to say, and then nothing changed. But when the Lord, after praying Mm -hmm. through and crying out to the Lord and stuff, and he did it. And uh, I love Psalm 27, 13, 14. One of my, I love it in the New American Standard too. It says, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to stay that stand, stay there. But you have to read the next verse. Mm-hmm. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. God will answer. God's very clear in his word. The promises are all over. He mm. rewards those who seek him. Yes. Jeremiah 29 is one of the clearest ones that come off the top of my head. But God rewards those who seek him. Hebrews eleven six is the other one that's clear in my head that says that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. Yes. But it's his time. Yep. And you have to wait for him. Yes. So so what are the four steps, Paula? So you want to rip up those photographs, repent, pray through, praise through, and then wait for. Yeah. So to end this podcast, you could end right now. So I'm just letting you know if you want to turn it off right now, <laughs> we're, you're kind of done on our points. But what I want to do is I want to read a little section out of a book called The King's Son. It's a memoir by Billy Bray. It was a famous book. I mean, sold, I think, millions of copies back in the day. 
So who's Billy Bray? What a great name. Billy <laughs> Bray was a coal miner back in, I think, Cornwall, England, in that district uh, down there in Devonshire, in that area in England back in the 1800s, hmm. late 1700, early 1800s. He was a coal miner who got radically saved. And he was famous for his antics. In the middle of preaching, he would like just break out and singing and dancing and all that, you know, and back in Victorian England and everybody was very, well, I guess I was pre-Victorian, but I mean, conservative England and, you know, the stage church, dying churches. And here's this Methodist preacher <laughs> dancing in the middle of his sermon and, and just, he was a character, they say, and but he affected thousands, if not millions of people back in the day. And so we never heard of him. I never heard of him. And then I, mm. I just came across them and I started reading this book and I was blown away. But the section I want to read here actually pertains to what we talked about. So do you want to read or want me to read? No, actually, I'd yeah, like you to okay. read it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take over the end of the podcast. I just want you to hear this because our readers, because we don't hear this anymore. In this instant society, come forward. Oh, you know, I just, we were warned about this watching on a podcast. Be careful of giving somebody assurance of salvation that the Lord hasn't given assurance of salvation for. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said the prayer, so you're saved. No. Only the Lord gives you the assurance of salvation that mm. comes in your heart. And you have to pray through and you have to wait through. Those photographs aren't going to be just ripped up and everything's going to be fine because you did it. You're waiting for the Lord. You're putting your, you're praising, you're repenting, you're, you're praying, waiting for the Lord. He's the one who rips up the photographs. Does that sound okay? Yep. Sounds okay. great. So let me read because listen to how Billy was saved. Okay. Here's, here's from his autobiography, The King's Son. Billy returned home and alone with God with the Bible and the hymn book as his companions. He spent all that day in reading and praying. He was assailed fiercely by the temptation that he would never find mercy, but with the promise, seek and ye shall find. With that promise, he quenched this fiery dart of the wicked one, and in due time he learned by blessed experience that the promise was true. Monday morning was spent in the same manner. In the afternoon, he had to go to the mine. He was a miner. But all the while I was working, I was crying to the Lord for mercy, he said. But no relief came, and he went home, asking for mercy all the way. It was then at 11 o'clock at night, but the first thing, it was then 11 o'clock at night, but the first thing he did was to go upstairs and fall on his knees and entreat God to have mercy on him. Everything else was forgotten in the intensity of his desire that God would speak peace to his soul. After a while, he went to bed, but he could not sleep. All the morning of the next day he spent in crying for mercy, food being almost untasted, and conversation with his partner at the mine that afternoon nearly ceased. That day passed away, and nearly the whole night he spent upon his knees. The enemies thrust at him sore, but I was glad, he said, that I had begun to seek the Lord, for I felt I would rather be crying for I would rather be crying for mercy than living in sin. Boy, that, that's zeal, isn't it? Yeah. This is a guy who was waiting for the Lord. This is the guy who was mm. realized he had photographs. He had realized things. He needed mercy to be set free, mm-hmm. and he was willing to wait for the Lord. He goes on. On the next day, he had almost laid hold of the blessing, but the time came for him to go to the mine. The devil strongly tempted him while he was at work that he would never find mercy. But I said to the devil, Thou art a liar, devil. And as soon as I said so, I felt the great weight gone from my mind, and I could praise the Lord, but not with that liberty I would find afterwards. When he got home, he cared not for a supper, but his soul was in such anguish that he went straight to prayer, because a hope had sprung up in his heart, and with that determination, he pressed right into the kingdom of God. To his chamber he again repaired, 
Beautifully simple and touching are his own words. Quote, I said to the Lord, thou hast said, they that, that seek thee shall find thee. And all that knock, the door shall be opened. And I have faith to believe it. In an instant, the Lord made me so happy that I could not express what I felt. I shouted for joy. I praised God with my whole heart for what he had done for a poor sinner like me. For I could say, the Lord hath pardoned all my sin. I think it was in November 1823, but what day of the month, I do not know. But I remember this, that everything looked new to me. The people, the fields, the cattle, the trees. I was like a man in a new world. I had spent the greater part of my time praising the Lord. I was a new man altogether. Some said I was mad, and others said that they should get me back again to the next payday to commit sin. But praise the Lord, it is now more than 40 years ago, and they have not yet got me. They said I was a madman, but they meant I was a glad man. And glory be to God, I have been glad ever since. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.